Welcome to Lever Up Your Life. I'm Nate Barger. I went from prison time and bankruptcy to now owning over $200 million in real estate. I wanna show you guys all the mistakes I made so you don't make the same mistakes. It's time you create massive wealth for yourself. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I got a good friend of mine who's crushing it in real estate, Airbnb, but more importantly, she's traveling all around the world and I'm kind of envious. Renee Jefferson, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how's it going? How's it going? Man, I'm doing amazing. Uh, I've been wanting to get you on our podcast for a while, but you know we're just now starting our podcast. You're one of our first guests, and I want to thank you so much for your time and joining us. Uh, just wanted to give a little bit of background to the people. So where are you? Uh, can you tell us a brief story of where you came from and how you were raised? Well, I... Um... I was raised in Cincinnati, in the hood, in the projects, <laughs> is where I came from. And then I moved to a neighborhood that you and I both came from, which wasn't so bad when I first moved there. But um, now I can't say it's the greatest, but it, it, was a, it was a cool little neighborhood, but my parents were on Section 8. So we lived in Section 8, and when we lived in that new neighborhood, we moved into uh, a house that was also Section 8. Um, I do remember a time that um, growing up, you know, we partied, my dad partied a lot and, you know, didn't pay the bills, and our water got turned off for like three months. Wait, wait, wait. We so, not, water not, from the wait so not the good type of partying, like, you know, like I throw parties at my house, the kids be like, my daughter be like, Dad, when you having another party? <laughs> Not that no, type of party. It huh? was it was fun. No, no, it was fun parties. It was like all the people from the neighborhood would come over. We had a really good time, but you know, they they chose to to spend their money on partying and you know, we we didn't get our our water bill paid. So and, you had you had a good time. Off. You had a good time partying until you ain't had no water. Man, we didn't have water for like three months and we were stealing water from the neighbors. <laughs> 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 It was bad. It was bad. And that was the re that you know what? And honestly, it was it was that type of living and that type of struggle um, that made me want more out of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it gave me the drive like, oh, hell no, I am not going to be living like this. You know, I, I want to make sure that I can pay my bills on time every month and, you know, be smart with my money and things like that. So that so taught me a, a really valuable lesson. So where did you go? So you grew up, you grew up in Seven Hills with me. I know um, you said it wasn't a bad neighborhood, but to me, I felt like it was a bad neighborhood. We were selling crack when we was little kids, but you came from the real hood hood. You came from Winton Terrace. So moving from Winton Terrace to Seven Hills, yeah, that was a bit of a transition, bit of a difference. But what did you do? Nate, so, huh? You lived on a different street than I did. Yeah. So yeah. your street, I didn't, I didn't go on your street. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got, we was up there on Roosevelt. You were, you was at the bottom of the hill. So it was quiet down there. Yeah. 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 So what you had to drive, quiet, you had to yeah. drive through the top of the hill to get out though. So, um, mm. so tell us, what did you do with your life from there? You kind of grew up, you saw your parents be irresponsible like me with money. Um, what did that teach you and where did you go from there? Did you go to college immediately? I mean, what, what did you do with your, with your life? Because I so, lost track of actually, you. I didn't even realize until 
I don't know, maybe five, six, maybe five years ago, who you were even. Yes, yes. So actually, um, I did not finish high school. I uh, dropped out of high school at the age of 17 because I was pregnant. Um, and then soon after I had my daughter, I enrolled myself into like a community college and that community college was whack as hell because I thought I was so smart because I used to get good <laughs> grades. I mean, I was planning on going to college. I was planning on going to college. But um, but then after that, I moved away to um, another state and I actually did enroll myself in college and I paid for college out of pocket, um, things that, you know, even before then I was learning, um, I was reading a lot of self-help books and just trying to make sure that I put myself on the right path and make up for what I potentially did not learn during, during that period mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. from graduating high school and going off to college immediately after that. So, um, so I put myself through college and uh, I was going to a community college. I had a daughter, I was in another state and I was working it. I was, you know, figuring stuff out and, you know, just trying to live life. And then, um, um, after that, I got married, and um, and so from there, me and my husband started getting into real estate. And how old were you when you started getting into real estate? So when I got into real estate investing, I was probably ooh, I was uh, probably mid twenties because I actually started in the real estate industry in my early twenties. So I started, um, from property management to, um, becoming a realtor. Um, so that, and also did mortgage lending and stuff like that. But when I actually started investing, I was probably about 26 or 27. Wow. And, and so how have you levered up financially? You know me, I've levered up through real estate, through leveraging real estate. Um, I think you got a similar path. path. So uh, how, how were you able to lever up? So actually my first house that I bought, my first primary residence um, had a lot of equity in it. I, I bought it from a pro, uh, through a program and there was about 300,000, no, two, 250 to $300,000 in equity wow. when I purchased it. Wow, so I was, was able to refinance, pull that money out and buy more real estate. So, so you did the I was doing the burn method. Same thing I did. There you mm -hmm. go. Didn't even know what yeah, it was. Huh? I was they, they didn't know what it was. That was in, what was that about? 2006, maybe somewhere around mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Doing a, doing a burn method, was able to leverage from that, was able to buy some foreclosed properties because there was plenty of them back then and you could still negotiate the price down and, you know, put a little bit of money in it. And, you know, later on, of course, the property appraised for more. Mm -hmm. And then so that was mm -hmm. 2006. Then what did you do from 2006 to today and real estate that allowed you to just jet set. Cause I see you, you live everywhere. You live down in Panama. You live, you go over to Egypt. I mean, you've been everywhere and I'm truly envious because I'm not envious cause you're my friend, but I'm like, man, that's the life I want to live. I don't care how much money you got. Most people do not ever get to experience what you've done with your life. Tell us how you've been able to raise a family um, and even take the kids on trips and change, not just, uh, uh, your, you know, their mindset, but the way that they're going to raise their kids. 
And why that so, was important to you? Uh, so actually, I, I basically did the same steps that I just told you about. Um, shortly after purchasing um, our first rental properties, my husband passed away. So oh, sorry to um, hear that, Renee. When he when he passed away, that changed my entire mindset. It changed my entire life, and from that point on, I just was like. I want to live a better life. I want to make sure I have that freedom and flexibility and time was extremely important to me. So I focused on uh, acquiring more property that would increase my income, would increase my um, cash flow, plus would appreciate. <clears throat> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so that would also allow me to give, to have that freedom and flexibility that I was looking for. Because at that point, you know, I was going through this awakening and this transition and I was like, I just need to, um, to be able to do whatever it is, you know, face whatever fears that I had, you know, because I didn't travel as much. Then um, he was traveling all over the place and I was, you know, at home, I was working, didn't really want to travel, so I didn't want to travel that far. Australia, stuff like that. I was like, that's way too far for me. But after that, I went, I just started traveling everywhere. I just, I just had to create a, a different life. And, and I created a different mindset based off of the fact that he was 36 years old when he passed away and I was 31 and he was extremely young and it was just sudden. And um, so I realized at that point, time waits for no one and yep. you have to do all you can while you can. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I continue to do to this day. It's like, I just want to do all I can while I can. And that's why I try to, I travel as much as I can and, um, and created that passive income. It's so important for me. So it's truly the passive income that helped you lever up to be able to go out and travel around the world. Mm -hmm. And so what yes. is, what, so I know you just bought you a new lake house up in Georgia right? You got you a place down in Tampa. You got you a place in Cincinnati. You got a place in Panama, right? And how can people yes, learn so from goal, you? I know you got a couple books out. What kind of books I you got do, out? I do. Go ahead. So, so the goal, the goal for me was to be able to live mortgage free. So, okay. you know, collecting the properties and creating that passive income, but also living mortgage free. So I sold a house that I had. It was a six bedroom, five bath, it had like five living spaces. It was a, a huge office. It was a it was a really big house. I that, sold that the one that you had on the golf course, right? The one I had on the golf course, yes. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. Can I just say something? See, all yeah. you guys out here, y'all got this big old house. All y'all gonna do is work until y'all sixty years old. Realize the house is too big. Then you're gonna gonna want to do what Renee's been doing her whole life. Renee. Please tell them how you use that house to financially fund and do everything that you've been doing and lever up. Okay, so what I did was um, after living there for a while, I sold that house, right? My goal was to be able to have smaller homes. I wanted to downsize and mm -hmm. I wanted to simplify my life and make sure that, of course, everything pays for itself. So um, I, I downsized and found a, um, well, when I sold that house, I actually didn't have a place to move into. I, wow. I went to Florida. I stayed there for like a month in a Airbnb trying to say, okay, so where are we going to live? You know, um, <laughs> I, you know, it was me and Quante and the kids and it was like, where are we going to live? And so we, um, we ended up, I found a house 
in back in Cincinnati. It's actually a multi-unit. And I bought it for $50,000. I put 110000 in it. I completely um, fixed it up. It currently rents for fourteen fifty for the upstairs. And the downstairs, which is where I was living, um, which was a huge um, adjustment because that I went from about 5,000 square feet to 1,200 square feet. So that, ha that apartment was 1,200 square feet, three bedrooms, two baths, right? So uh -huh. I stayed there. It was fine. I mean, I was completely fine with that. And then, um, then I moved out of that and put that on Airbnb and that cash flows for about 5,000 a month. So overall that whole building cash flows for about 6,500 a month, somewhere around there. Plus it uh, appraised for 350. So all in, I was $160,000. It appraised wow. for 360. And it cash flows every month about sixty five hundred dollars. That's amazing. So that was one. That was one. And then from there, um, actually, um, I also wanted to talk to you and tell you about how I got to the Airbnb because I just told you that I did put that one on Airbnb at the um, the, the other apartment that I was in. So <clears throat> going back. 2016, I sold a house, another house that I was planning on moving to. I was planning on doing the same thing with another property. And I immediately regretted it. And it was a larger multifamily that I was looking to buy. Because again, the goal was to live mortgage free. So mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. unit would pay for the other unit, right? Yep. I ended up selling that one um, because I was going down to Panama and I didn't know when I was coming back. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Panama. I'm going to stay here for a few months or whatever. And then when I got back, I was like, oh, shoot, I need to find a place to do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I found some land and I ended up building on that land. It had beautiful views. The goal was to build three townhouses. Um, two of them I would sell and then one I would live in mortgage free. Well, mm -hmm. that didn't happen. I ended up uh, I ended up creating a team and we built four of them and then sold it to uh, another developer later uh, last year. Actually, it was about yeah, those were beautiful, Renee. The, the, but, the views were amazing. That was a just a beautiful project. Uh, You're great at designing. That project was breathtaking. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should have definitely kept one of these for myself. So. So while it's in Cincinnati, though, Renee, you, you, you travel all over the world. Why would you want to come back here? Well, I have to have a place wherever I go. So I still have my place there. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I actually have multiple places there now that I can use because they are all on Airbnb. Um, so, so while I was doing pre-development on that particular development, I actually started my Airbnb, my vacation rental business. Whoa, so, at so the that's same where time. you started at? Okay. Wow. Yeah, I started that one at 2000. 18 um around the time or right before breaking ground on the development so um i started my airbnb that was going really really well as soon as i put it on the market they were just cat i mean they i started getting reservations like fast and i was like oh my gosh this is so crazy and it was mm -hmm. very exciting i really really i really love the vacation rental business I really now, love what, it. What, what's so your most fast, profitable? What's your most profitable area? Uh, well, I have everything in Cincinnati, pretty much. The Airbnb that I bought in Tampa, I am currently 
living in it because mm-hmm. I don't have my own, another house to live in right now. So mm-hmm. right now it's, it's all of my properties are in Cincinnati um, with the exception of the, this one and then the lake house that I just bought. So, um, so then I bought some property uh, downtown Cincinnati, which I've been planning on getting there. Cause you know, it was like during the time where new construction was starting to happen years ago, people were saying, you need to buy downtown, you need to buy downtown. And I was like, uh, but I, I ended up getting in and the property mm-hmm. that I bought, I bought it for about 400, almost $500,000. And that also appraised at about seven, it, it appraised about $200,000 more at that, this point. That, that's the one so, that took me through that's over by Finley Market? Yes. Oh, yes. that's an amazing, that amazing location. Yeah. And that one I bought turnkey. So I bought it with the furniture in it, everything. And I was oh, able wow. to start making uh making money off of that one immediately as well and then how i got to back down to tampa tampa yeah look i'm starting to forget where am i am i'm on my tampa where am i at right now? <laughs> that's a good thing that's when a good I, thing so i actually put another offer on another house in cincinnati that was not accepted and so since it wasn't accepted i was like you know what let me just redirect i really want to be somewhere where it's warm and that brought me to Panama and two days I found this house and, and I was like, okay, that's it. I came down here just for a two day weekend and I was like, I'll take that one. And then I, I just bought it. So, um, so that's how I just started accumulating my Airbnbs and, and I absolutely love it. So the, the lake house that I just bought is actually my vacation rental. It's actually a destination uh, vacation rental. So it's a true vacation home. And I'm really excited about that because of the location where it's at. And I can't wait to to get into that one and rehab it and, and get it on the market and enjoy it myself. So that's what I do love about the vacation rental business is that it's that personal use aspect of it. So you make money, you cash flow off of it. It pays your own, uh, it pays your mortgages. So you basically own a house or building or whatever, mortgage free because it pays for itself. It pays you and you have that personal use aspect of it, which is very, very nice. And that is the reason why I am focused on going to different areas and being in areas where I want to be so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they can all pay for it. Yeah. And then you're also, are you, are you, so you get free utilization of them. Are there all, uh, some tax benefits that you're getting out of them as well? Yeah, you get, you get some tax benefits as well because anytime you own real estate, you get tax benefits, but you also, when you, when you own uh, vacation rental properties, for instance, the, the lake house, if I was, to um, only rent it out, I think it's like a 14 day, is it 14 day? Uh, if I only rent it out a few days out of the year, then I could take the tax benefit. Otherwise I have to pay the taxes on the um, the vacation rental. Okay, okay. And then so, yeah. um, you know, so you've been through a lot in life. You kind of grew up um, lower income, you know, had, had, a, had a child real young but you've been able to push through adversity. There's a lot of people that are watching right now that are going through the same thing that have been through. And maybe they're your, your age, maybe they're older and they still haven't found a way. If you could tell them one thing that would help them out, what would that be? So the one thing that I learned as a child um, is, you know, I knew that if something can be done, I can do it. And Actually, I got that from that reading rainbow. I reading rainbow. <laughs> the reading rainbow. Take a look. It's in the book. It's reading rainbow. Yes. 
I learned that you can do anything. And I truly, truly believe that, that if it can be done, I can do it. So I adopted that mindset at a very, very young age. Um, so I would just say to, you know, focus on what you want to do in life and figure out how to monetize it. So if it's something that mostly I tell people to figure out what you love to do so it doesn't feel like work. And that's, that's basically how I am able to, um, to work and travel and do the things that I love to do because I just wanted to create a business that did not, um, didn't keep me in one spot. I wanted something with the freedom and flexibility to allow me to move around. I didn't have any, and I still don't have any overhead. I don't have uh, any employees. You know, it's really just um, investing. It's freedom. It's it's investing. It's low overhead. It's just a simpler way of doing things for me personally. Like I said, my time is important and I just don't really want to, um, I don't want to impede my time as much as, you know, I just want to do what I want to do. So your style, your management style is keep it stupid, simple, right? Keep it stupid, simple, keep it small. And, 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 And you said it, guys, look, time is a lot more important than money. And I know a lot of you guys that don't have no money, you don't understand that. But Renee, I know you've written a few books and great books. Uh, Can you explain to us? And actually, do you got a copy of the book? Can you show us what they look like and where they can get them at? I do. This is The Life I've Created. And you can you can find this on Amazon. This is about uh, it's a memoir. It's talking about um, my journey and how I got to where I am. And then I also wrote Airbnb and me. So for those people who want to learn about Airbnb, I have this book. And I also have a course. Um, And you can find me, you can find my books on amazon.com. And you can also find my course or me contact me on realestateyourlife.com. That is realestateyourlife.com. Okay, we'll put the link in the description for both the books and realestateyourlife.com. What about the Airbnb? Let's say somebody only has $5,000. They just got their income tax back. Is it possible for them to do an Airbnb? And how much money if they're doing a, um, you want to explain what an arbitrage is? If they do something like that? Yeah. So you can absolutely do rental arbitrage. Um, right now, I would say in some areas, it is a bit difficult because the rents are now exceeding the mortgage. So for instance, in here in Tampa, um, I've been looking to do some rental arbitrage here, but we're looking at $3,500 just for rent. So, wow. you know, in certain areas, you may be able to still do it in Memphis. We're looking in Memphis for rental arbitrage and we may be able to do something like that. But yeah, you absolutely do not have to own any property. But me as an investor, I prefer to own property because you also get other benefits for owning the property. Um, because last year or 2020 when the um when when the pandemic first happened i lost all of my airbnb uh income because everybody stopped traveling right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the account just went yeah the pandemic the account just went to to zero so what i had to do is i had to end up renting those places out long term until the market until you know we got through the pandemic um but with arbitrage, people are scaling massively with arbitrage and they've been doing it for a very long time. So it's absolutely doable. Not everybody wants to be a landlord. Not everybody wants to invest like that. So I realized that. And that is, I also talk about that in my uh, course as well. 
but again, since I am an investor, I love the the benefits of purchasing. And in some cases, you know, just like the property I was telling you about that um, I put 160 in and it and it appraised for 350. Certain mm-hmm. situations like that, where you do the burr, you end up pulling back your money that you put into it plus additional money, and essentially it's almost like a no 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 money down type of thing. Now, how much money you, were you, you able may- to? How much money were you able to pull out of that deal in cash, over and above and beyond how much uh, you had in it? I pulled out about two fifty. Two fifty. So I you pulled out, out an extra ninety thousand. Now, how much taxes did you have to pay on that ninety thousand? Uh, I do not know. It's been a while, so <laughs> I no, no, really no, no, no. But that. but okay, so you don't have to pay taxes on this alone, right? Oh yeah, that's a loan. Actually, I did a, a home equity line of credit on that. So home equity line of credit, you pulled out ninety thousand dollars. You had to pay no taxes. Why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah, and with the home, with the home equity line of credit, since I used to live there, I was able to do the home equity line of credit. And of course, you get that for about ten years, and you get to use it and reuse it as much as you which is much better than mortgage because you get to pay it down a lot quicker. Um, you're paying um, more to your principal than you mm-hmm. are in a mortgage. And, yep. and you get to, anytime you pay some of it off, you can still use it again to purchase more property. So that's, that's one strategy that, mm-hmm. that I like to use as well. Um, some other strategies I used to acquire property was, um, I forgot what, what it was called because I used to do this all the time, but I would get property and you might know the name of it. It's just, leaves me right now, but I would get property from people who no longer want their properties or no longer can afford the mortgage. Um, and I'll just take over the mortgage and yep. take, and then they, they would give me the property, no money down. And I so take they would over quick the mortgage. Claim it over to you. They quick claim it over because mm-hmm. it has to be in my name. I take over the mortgage for X amount of years and then I pay, pay it off or whatever. Now, now is that something um, that they, you, is that something that you teach in, in your academy, um, your course, your one-on-one? Is that something that you teach people how to do that? I have not necessarily taught that in that course, but I may add um, may add that to another course because so this let, one was really mostly focused on. Let's go mm-hmm. into your course. What is your course mainly focused on? What can people expect to learn on that? So it's focused on passive income through um, short-term rentals. Right. But I do give them a little bit of information on investing as well and how to use other people's money and other people's properties, which is the rental arbitrage. So um, they do get a little bit of a mix of everything. So how much money do they need to start if they wanted to arbitrage? They don't have a lot of money, um, Renee, and maybe they're in your shoes. Maybe they're 22 and they were going through what you were going through. At the time, you know, you, you, you struggled with your kid. You were on Section 8, but you fought through and you became a real estate millionaire. And now you travel the globe. Someone is looking at you saying, how can I do that, Renee? How much money do they need to start? And what would be the path of least resistance for them? And I would say people who um, might be financially struggling. And if, you know, if they have their income tax and they want to start there because, you know, when you're doing rental arbitrage, you have to obviously pay your first month's rent. You got to pay your deposit. You might have to pay your last month's rent. Then you also have to pay um, for your your license or whatever your your state or city requires for um, Airbnb. Then you also have your furniture. You have all your utilities and stuff like that that you have to pay for um, upfront in some cases. So 
I would say, depending on the, the price point of the property, uh, depending on how big the property is, I would say somewhere between five and if you can get it under 10,000 would be great to start. But that includes your deposit, that includes your, your rent, your first month's rent, your last month's rent, and your, um, your license, which is probably about 250. I know in Cincinnati, it's like 250. And uh, whatever furniture, you know, if you find some bargain furniture, then, you know, you can keep it, keep that budget together, then you should be able to. Now, I know you're really, you're really good at design and your places, they stay rented. Uh, What tools can they look at to make sure that the area, is it, what is it, you told me it was air DNA is where you look at to make sure that the area you're going into is a good area? Yeah, so you can check and see what other properties are renting for on AirDNA. You can also, AirDNA does charge you, and I think some of the stuff they block out. So you might not actually get the numbers for AirDNA, but you can also look on MashVisor. And another way to do it, which is free, is to go on Airbnb itself and just comp out your your properties from Airbnb, uh, the Airbnb site. And how much do you, uh, you know, a good Airbnb, how much can somebody expect to make um, if they're doing that, the arbitrage? What do you think they can expect to make a year off of that? Well, I would generally say, you know, if you can make um, like $1,000 a month off of your Airbnb, that's that's really good. So let's say, you know, you're so you're putting up 10 grand and you're making 12 grand back a year. That's a hundred. That's 220% return guys. That's unbelievable. That is. Unbelievable. Yeah. And in some cases it might actually be more than that. I'm just giving you a kind of like a rule of thumb. So basically mm-hmm. you take the daily, the daily rate and you add to that daily rate, but you also want to check and see what the neighborhood is, is renting for. So before you even go into rental arbitrage and into Airbnb, check the numbers and see what, what the area is renting for. Okay. So Renee, you know, you've written two books, you've come out of, you know, uh, poverty, me and you both grew up in the same neighborhood together. You've single mom, you've overcome that. You've become a real estate millionaire. You've traveled the globe. You know, you're living a life of your dream. What's next for you? What are you going to do next? What do you want to do next? I'm truly just focused on the vacation rental market at this point. I love it. I just decided that, you know, I'm going to stick with aligning what I do with who I am or who I am with what I do Um, because I love to travel and I love to collect real estate. Like I love collecting properties and holding them. So um, at this point, I just, am focused primarily on the vacation rental business and you're going to do more of what you've already done. You're going to, uh, so what is the one place that you say, you know what? I got to own a place here. I have to have an Airbnb here. What place is that? So let me just tell you in three years, I'll be 50. My son will be graduating. My last child will be out the house. I am taking a year to travel the world. And once I do that, I'll start figuring out where else I want real estate because I know I want something in Africa. I know I want something in Europe and I'll be purchasing and I'll be purchasing in Panama next year. Um, This year we were renting there, which is, uh, which is nice too, because you kind of get a feel for wherever you want to be. So we actually have a place there that we are renting, but next year I'll be purchasing in Panama and uh, I'll be purchasing some other parts of the world as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And, 
uh, right now, you know, with the with the lake property, I'm very excited about that. Where else would I want one here in the United States? I don't know. Right now, I really want to focus international. Yeah, international. You know, I had somebody reach mm-hmm. out to me yesterday and ask me if I wanted to buy something in Italy. I said they got some properties that are really cheap. Yeah, you like Italy? Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yes. Yeah, I heard I've it was really Italy. cheap over there. I, man, I don't know, man. I kind of I like the South, man. I want to go to Australia. January, I want to go to Australia. Uh, That's their too winter. Far for me. Too far? You got to travel the too globe, though. Man, I'm trying to go to Mars. I know. I mean, you know what? If I'm if I'm over that way, I'll have no problem with it. But mm. traveling from here, 20 out, that is, you know how traveling is exhausting. It really uh, is. It is. I don't exhausting. know. I don't but, know about that. I don't know. I've been 18 hours, woo. China. I love it. You just got to get good seats on the plane. You kick back, Listen. relax, huh? And it, I've been to China. I've been, look, if I'm over that way, I'm over that way. So that's what I do. Like what I, when I went to um, Egypt, I went to Egypt and Dubai or was it Egypt? No, it was Egypt and Thailand. So it was Bangkok, then Phuket. So all in that same, so I took three weeks. I was like, look, I'm on this side of the world. We're going to be on this side of the world. When I went to um, France, I went to a bunch of different places there. Then we flew over to, to, um, we were in Italy. We were in Nice. We were in Monaco. Um, oh wow, we went Monaco! To Athens, we now went you to, know I want to go to Oh man, you went all over yes. the place. Yeah, yeah, because when you're there, you gotta, you gotta, you know, spend the time because because traveling is exhausting. I don't want to go over the Atlantic and then come back over the Atlantic or the Pacific or whichever way route we end up going. I want to be over there and mm-hmm. go as far as I can. Plus, when you're there, it's cheaper to fly. Yeah, to yeah, other absolutely. countries. Yep, and quick. Yeah, so. Yep, much quicker. Yeah, get it in while you're there. Well, Renee, <laughs> I am proud of you and what you've been able to accomplish. I look forward to what this next decade for me and you both do and look forward to hopefully one day we get an opportunity to partner on a project. I know we would love to partner with you on Airbnb. I know you crush it on Airbnbs. Um, I just want to thank you so much, so, guys. Go ahead. Nate, before you go out, um, Actually, my vacation rental is going to lead me to hotels, boutique hotels and then hotels. So that's where I will see you on that side. <laughs> boutique. OK, so we're going to do some hotels together. There you go. Well, I want to do yes, big I, hotels. I just want to do big. Ho- I know big. because you are already you're already in that big hotel space. I I'm going to probably start with boutique and then climb to the big hotel space. Who knows? Who knows? My, my point is, is I want to do things that I want to do that, that kind of fits me and my personality. Yep. Yeah. The one, one yeah. 110, 150 room hotels is kind of where I want to be limited service. You know, the big box 300 room ones right now are getting decimated still from COVID The conferences mm-hmm. haven't come back yet, but I saw a boutique hotel. It was a half acre in South Carolina in Charlotte. They wanted 15 million just for the half acre, right? Um, mm. And you could build a 50-room hotel, but then it was worth about $35 because, you know, the average daily rate was high. So that would be something boutique. So something small like that in a great area would be awesome, easy to run. They, so They have some really nice one in Costa Rica. I've been looking at Costa Rica. I've been looking at Panama. Oh, you know, and I got it, one It would be nice. I got, I got, got one? one. I got one down there that's on the water. It's 40-something rooms. The guy sent me for like a million and a half. Beautiful. I think it's in Did the, you I, buy it? Nah, uh-uh, I ain't buying that. It's too much to manage uh, for uh, me. For you, you would be uh, great okay. at it. I didn't even think about. I didn't even think about you. But I'm gonna send it over to you, um, Renee. You let me know what you think. 
Okay, I know yes, where, you're, I know where you'll be moving next. Look, I will be there. Like, Quante was just in uh, Costa Rica, and he goes there often. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely want something in Costa Rica. And a boutique hotel would be perfect because, again, you can stay there when you want, and you can have somebody manage it, and it's not, like, overwhelming. But I do know um, that in success, a destination place, it, I would imagine it do well. Of course, I got to check everything out. But I know that, you know, you got to have a certain amount of rooms for a, a, a hotel to be profitable. So yep. we'll see. Well, Renee, again, I want to thank you for coming on, guys. Make sure you check her out. Link is in the bio down there. Renee, I will see you when you're coming back to Cincinnati, when I'm going to see you again. I'll be there in two weeks. I'll probably be gone. But I'll see you. No, I'll be here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be there in two weeks. We'll, we'll catch a... up. We'll catch up. Okay, well, I'll Go see ahead. you later. Tell Q I said hi, and you have an amazing week. All right. Bye, Nate. All right. Thank you for joining us. Bye -bye. Thanks for listening to Lever Up Your Life. If you could do me a huge favor and go lever up my reviews, leave me a five-star review. I appreciate it. And if you guys want to keep the conversation going, reach out to me on Nate.Barger on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and get in our free Facebook group. We got over 200,000 members. B-R-R-R-R, -R -R -R, invest. We'll see you in the next episode.